This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. Imagine sifting through everything happening in Latin America that could possibly affect the United States, weighing every risk, assessing the opportunities, thinking through the consequences, all in one single day, and all against the backdrop of that short 10-minute meeting. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at kathysullivanexplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to kathysullivanexplores.com. Does the daily news ever make you wonder how the government actually works? The outward signs of its workings are often baffling, to say the least. Civics classes used to tell us how it should work, at least according to our country's laws and constitution, but at least in the United States, most students don't even have a single civics class in school anymore. What really amazes me is not that so few people know how our system is supposed to work, but that so few seem curious to understand how it works, especially when you fill the model described in those documents with the complex, messy creatures we call human beings. My curiosity about how a country makes decisions goes back to when I was 12 years old. I had already witnessed two truly momentous events in politics and world affairs. The first was the first ever televised debate between presidential candidates, pitting Richard Nixon against the young John F. Kennedy. The second came soon after, the Cuban Missile Crisis, those tense 13 days when it seemed a nuclear war really could break out at any moment. I read Ted White's The Making of a President in 1960 a year or so later. White didn't just dissect the very debate I had watched. He painted a broader picture of how that television moment came to be and what the shift to video politicking might mean for my future. From that point on, I paid much closer attention to political and international news. My natural curiosity wasn't the only driver here. The really scary moments of the missile crisis made me realize just how much the workings of national governments could affect my life and even my whole world. Watching helplessly as events unfolded, with no idea what was shaping them, was really uncomfortable. I wanted to understand how it all worked. I wanted to be in the room where it happens, as the line from the musical Hamilton goes, and see it and understand it myself. This desire stayed with me from that point on. 
So you can imagine how excited I was when I was offered a job that put me right in the middle of such high-level decision-making. Chief Scientist at NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. NOAA is America's premier ocean agency and home to our National Weather Service, among other things. Just days after being appointed to this post in 1993, I found myself immersed in a global war game at our Naval War College. The War College is famous for creating scenario-based games that force participants to tackle some of the thorniest high-stakes issues facing our armed forces or our government as a whole. Our game was designed to help the newly elected president, Bill Clinton, decide whether it would be wise to form a White House National Economic Council to advise him on economic affairs, just like the national security does on defense and global security. The War College gaming team had prepared a complex scenario with global political, military, and economic dimensions, and divided it up into buckets that roughly matched how our various cabinet offices are organized. They cast each participant as a senior government leader, think Secretary of State or head of the National Security Council, and introduced us to the mock staff from our agency. They deliberately assigned everybody a role far from their real expertise to heighten the challenge and raise the stress. They made me the Latin American expert for the National Economic Council, for example. That's a stretch. A simple challenge drove our gameplay. You have 10 minutes with the President of the United States tomorrow. Get with your staff to prepare your briefing. Put yourself in my young shoes at the War College. Imagine sifting through everything happening in Latin America that could possibly affect the United States, weighing every risk, assessing the opportunities, thinking through the consequences, all in one single day, and all against the backdrop of that short 10-minute meeting. What goes into your brief? Is it best to hit a lot of topics at a shallow level or to cover fewer at greater depth? Are words or graphics better? What if you leave out something that later proves crucial? Our mock staffers played their role well, refusing to make those decisions for me. I was the senior leader. The decision and responsibility were mine. And let me tell you, the responsibility felt like a ton of bricks, even though it was just a sim. A War College staff member was on hand to coach each of us senior leaders. They never gave us the answers either, but they were great at prodding us along with tough, incisive questions and providing extra bits of information. I was a rookie at this level of government, so found their insights particularly helpful. The most useful of my coach's prods boiled down to this. You only bring issues to the president that he and he alone can decide, that he can do something about. What belongs on that desk? There was an important corollary. You need to know what authorities various entities and, and officials in government have and make sure decisions are made at the right level. Don't take something to the president that a cabinet officer should have handled. That was a massive lesson in a very small nutshell. Now, I doubt you'll ever have to present vital information to the president of the United States, but you'll be facing essentially the same challenge every time you're going for an interview, briefing your boss, or making a sales pitch. So here are a few tips that have helped me in many other rooms since that war college time. Number one, know the landscape. 
build as broad as possible an understanding of your audience, the context of the moment for them, and the power relationships at play in the issues. What's happening in your audience's world? Consider what other factors will affect their decision and whether you need to address those in your briefing. What do they most need to know to solve their problem or buy into your idea? Number two, edit rigorously. Be clear-eyed about what the decision really hinges on and what matters to the decision maker. Respect their bandwidth. Give them the essentials as concisely as possible. And keep your ego in check. Add only the color and detail that helps them understand and decide. Don't indulge yourself. Play your part well, and you're sure to be invited back, probably with a promotion. Finally, don't duck. Step up to the responsibility of deciding the content and delivering the information, whether the topic is what the president should do on the world stage or why an investor should back your project. Own your role and your responsibility to the moment. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com. This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute. New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.